Hey everybody, welcome to Snark Monkey number 27. This is Lisa Arch, who I knew for years as Lisa Cushell, uh, and she has been known as both over the years. <laughs> She's not two different people. She got married, and she took that married name, which is unusual in Hollywood, but she decided she wanted... I never did ask her about that, but... We talk about a bunch of other stuff. You may not know the name Lisa Arch off the top of your head. She is the host of the new show on TLC called Labor Games, which actually is sneak peeking tonight on TLC. A couple of back-to-back episodes as part of their Mother of All Weeks on TLC leading up to Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, all you moms. So if you're listening to this on the day it's released on May 6th, it is tonight. And should be available online. Uh, she is a terrific actress, a very funny sketch comedy person, ha- has appeared on Mad TV, has been on several Disney and Nickelodeon shows. She's been on some kids' shows. She's been hosting. She was host, uh, co-host of Dinner and a Movie on TBS for a while. There is every possibility you have seen her at some point on television or in film and maybe just didn't realize it. If anything, you have probably seen her most recently as the wife in the Wheat Thins Yeti commercial. (laughs) Uh, We talk about all that. We talk about a lot of different things. We talk about just how to survive in Hollywood and how you continue to adapt and adjust your attitude as you go through this weird business of show. It's a very funny, very informative episode and a pretty great full circle from a horrible experience on, of all things, an episode of Seinfeld to getting some redemption in the eyes of one Larry David. You got to listen to hear it all. It's a great episode with one of the nicest, funniest people I know, Lisa Arch, here on Snark Monkey number 27. Enjoy. about myself mm-hmm. but today just not today in particular today literally is a bad bad day for me do you want to get into it or is it uh i don't know do you think it would be interesting to anyone you're drinking really fancy water or is it just a fancy bottle it's just a fancy bottle oh, i'm okay. on a cleanse so no, you have not. to drink 64 ounces of water a day why are you not a weird juice cleanse thing okay yeah you're just trying to feel healthy breaking bad habits what are the bad habits i am Doing no caffeine. This is for 28 days. All right. Nobody's going to be interested in this. No, I think so. No caffeine, no yeah, alcohol, right. uh-huh. no I'm out. corn, no vinegar. I can do that. Uh, why, I have why, to, wait, wait, no wait, eating wait. after dinner. I'm, it's, why it's, vinegar? It's taking anything acidic out of your, oh. just for 28 days. Just okay. To, whatever. Huh. So, yeah. You're supposed to lose like 48 pounds. It's like two pounds a day. If, per couple of days. if you do anything like that, we're going to have to really have no. a group intervention. Thing. You'll be shocked to hear this. I'm not. I don't care if I lose any weight on this. Well, good. You I'm, just want to be healthy. 
I'm chewing ice now in the microphone. Oh my god, I have no manners. Um, yeah, I just want to be happy. Obviously, forgotten what it's like to be. I haven't done something like a this in a really booth. long time. But you have radio experience. You a uh, lot. You did the, the all the wacky comedy, and you did, did the Corolla show a few times. I did. Uh, what else? I did a, a Comedy World. Were you aware of Comedy World? It was oh, just yeah. comedy. Oh, Comedy World Radio. Yes. So I did a show with Alan Havy. That's oh, that's right. And yes. it was one of the earliest um, like simulcast on video things. Yes, it was because yep. it was on. I did watch it on the on the computer. Yeah, in in like little like forty second increments because nobody had good internet at that right, time. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, so you, it would just buffer. Right. And then I'd see a little snippet <laughs> oh God, of you so and Havy, and then it would buffer. Right. Yeah. That was when I would wake up at four fifteen in the morning and drive to Culver City that's and cry. Right. Oh. And then, like, drive home and see people going out. Or, like, at night, I'd be driving at, like, 6.30 and seeing people just going out for dinner. And I'd cry again because I knew I had to go to bed and go to sleep. Doing the morning drive thing completely changes everything. I mean, when you go to bed, I mean, 9 o'clock is staying up late. Right. And then 4 a.m. is a time that nobody should ever, ever see. Ever. The one time that Rick Dees actually told me something that made sense right somebody it was years ago before he completely lost his mind sure uh somebody asked him do you ever get used to it because he but even by that time he had been doing mornings forever since he was a kid right and he said i'll tell you what i'll try and do it my rick voice You, you you know what next time you're in your kitchen grab a frying pan and beat it against your head as hard as you can and see if you ever get used to that. That's very funny. <laughs> By the way, your Rick D's voice sounds a lot like your Larry Morgan voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ellen. <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh, that was good. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, Here's it was he, awful. what he would say to you in the hallway when what? you guys were working here. Oh, God. Oh, you guys are so funny. You're gonna, you know what? You're gonna have to work for me one day. Oh, oh yes. He did say that a lot. He did. Yeah. Oh. Did he ever? Did you ever work for him? I'm working for him now. Are you? Yeah, I'm his personal assistant. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I just I thought that would never pay off. Yeah, and no, it totally did. He, he was right all along. So, so how much fun is has been at, uh, labor games? Yeah. In proportion to how much crap you're gonna get about labor games because of the seemingly goofy nature of goofy is the nicest way you could put it listen (laughs) okay so it's a game show that takes place in a delivery room while a woman is going through labor not while a woman is giving birth just while she is going through labor you want to make that distinction i want to make that distinction all right so there's no gross fluids we're not seeing body parts no you're seeing the occasional contraction Mm -hmm. but but no it's just a woman in bed in her adorable little gown and then her husband or partner or sister or mom with her Uh and they're answering questions and they're willing participants they're totally willing participants now i want you to know larry Mm -hmm. that when i heard the concept yes and was asked to audition right i said to my manager Absolutely not. That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and his exact words were, just fucking go. <laughs> so I, I went because I didn't want him to be mad at me. Yeah. And loved everyone in the room. And right. they were all so cool. And they got my sensibility and, you know, all that. And we did like a whole run through for this audition. And... I left that and I still thought, I just, I don't know how this is going to work. And it just seems so intrusive and I don't get it. So then when they offered it to me. um, Your manager said, 
Just fucking take <laughs> just it. Just fucking take it. Um, and I, I, I turned it down for various reasons. Um, mostly because I still couldn't get the concept through my head, yeah. and also because I have a child, and I was going to have to go live in Pomona for one month because we had to be on call. But see, I think I would have immediately saw that, seen that as an. A, an amazing opportunity to get away from the family for a little while. and <laughs> That's not have where to, fathers and mothers are different. Not have to deal with that yeah. crap. No, I what? did not see no? it that way. No. no. Uh-uh. Well, you must have also gone through, I thought you were going to say as a mother, you must have put yourself in the place of those mothers and said, what if somebody had walked in my room and said, can we play a game show for cash and prizes in the middle of what you were going through right. in labor? How would you have reacted? So you're going to find this shocking because I did run that through my head. And I thought I'd probably say yes. Really? Yep. Because you don't like to let people see you. Like, I, I, we just took a picture before we yeah. started doing this, and you fixed your hair for like 20 minutes I before know, we might, take a selfie. I know, because my hair's horrible today. And well, I so also have this thing you... on my face. What? <laughs> no, well, now people are going to examine the picture. <laughs> oh, God, there it is. Oh, there it is. All right. Yeah. Um, so how do you think you would let people come in the room when you are in pain and probably not your prettiest? Right. Oh, God. I was I was the most hideous woman ever <laughs> no, at you the weren't. hospital, yeah. by all, the way. But all women must think that. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well but and what I was going to say is I, I see what you're saying, but I also think there's something about being in that place where people know you're not going to be at your best. Right. So there's a forgiveness. Right. Does that right. make sense? Sure. Um, it's also probably... On the on the positive side, I would really like to be distracted while I'm going through this. So that's what happened. Yeah. So long story short, I accepted it because I realized it was a huge opportunity and uh, we were going to work it out. You know, I was Russ, my husband, was going to bring Garrett every weekend. And if I could ever get home, I would. And, you know, it was only 26 days and whatever. So, <laughs> well, you should explain. They didn't send you to, like, some third world no, country. No, it was Pomona. It was, it was an hour <laughs> away from where I live. But still, it was like, no, you have it's to like, be no, here. No, they sent You're me to Russian call. hospitals to do this. <laughs> God, that was that the only place that would agree to do it. Do you want to play labor games? <laughs> um, Does it mean we, have, we are used to labor, so we <laughs> shall enjoy <laughs> oh my god by the way spinoff hello yeah international labor They've games already international sold the international rights of course they have i am in shock so long story short we go do it it Too ends late. up being i know the it, larry i swear to god and i will defend this till the end it ended up being the sweetest most fun show all of these people were so happy to do it they won Awesome prizes. And stuff. I mean, it's all stuff. It's for, all stuff for their kids. For their kids yeah. that they need. That they need. And isn't there like like money for college? Things yes. like that? So if you get to the final question, you can win a $10,000 college fund. That will mature to be more. Now, I know you have a kid that just graduated college. A couple of years ago, And yeah. ten grand probably paid for one class. Uh oh yeah. yeah I mean we were I'd be lucky if that was even a year of room and uh, but know, something somebody hands you ten grand which by the way will mature it's going to mature over the next eighteen sure. years so that that would be really nice it's a good start absolutely right. and we were only in their room for about forty five minutes so and then I would go meet the kid the babies after they were born and the moms I, every single one of them said thank you so much you totally distracted us it was it ended up being so lovely. I, yeah, I see that. And, yes. and you, that's the thing is that people are going to see this as some sort of like ridiculous, um, intrusive experience. Yeah. 
And what I mean, even just watching the teaser, yes, uh, shows that they're into it. Yeah, it, it's nice that they don't have to think. About, I mean, what else are you going to sit and talk about? What did you do the whole time you were in labor? Now, this is what's interesting about me is I never went through labor. Oh. My son was a week late, wasn't budging. They tried to induce me. Nothing worked. Yeah. It's because I'm so narrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, and my son's head is giant. Um, so, yeah, yeah, nothing happened. So I never actually went through labor. All and right. then I ended up having a C-section. Yeah, but you had to sit there. Oh, I sat there with the Pitocin for and, yeah, 16 the in, hours. I mean, how, and you were having contractions, yes? Little, a little bit. Very little, yeah. yeah. All right. But but yes, I'm sure Russ and I ran out of things to talk about. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? And I could barely sleep. I would not have minded a distraction. Yeah, exactly. And somebody giving me free shit. All right. Yeah. So yeah, you've become this. I mean, over the last couple of years, hosting has been a big part of your life. Yeah, for the last uh, like almost decade now. Yeah. Yeah. As well as doing some acting on. On kids programming as yes. well. You've had an interesting balance. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I, well, I probably not what you expected. I mean, right. the one one of the there are three or four consistent things with everybody I talk to here, okay. and one of them that's really interesting is that almost all of them, and this makes sense, but I think when you're younger and when you kind of have an idea of what you want to be, right? What it ends up becoming is almost never what you imagine. Totally. And. I, th- I think one of the things I like to talk about is, like, I-, I always kind of grate a little bit, like at Oscar ceremonies, when somebody goes up and goes, just follow your dream. Right. And I'm like, so do no, I. don't do that. Don't follow your dream. Just uh, adapt your dream. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Go I along. always say that. Right? Yes. You, I, I think really Mike do. Rowe, I think Mike Rowe recently wrote this long piece on his website about that, and people gave him a lot of shit about, you No, know, but it's so yeah, true. Yeah. You have to adapt it. Otherwise, you go, well, I didn't get my dream, so I guess I'm a failure. Well, it's a constant disappointment right. when you don't reach that. That doesn't mean people can't, and that right. doesn't mean p- people kind of catapult. But the but the idea that you're going to, like, the number of people who come to this town and go, I'm going to be famous, and right. that's literally the only thing they say. Absolutely. And... They're setting themselves up for nothing, I mean, for being a fake Superman in front of man's Chinese, yes. you know, and, and taking pictures for a dollar right. in, a, in a battered Wait, suit. They're fake? Yeah, they're not actually superheroes, oh, nor have you... they appeared in the film. But it's Marilyn Monroe there, right? On the on no, Hollywood? No, it's not Marilyn Monroe. No, Charlie... it's not. No. Tell me Charlie Chaplin's real. No, no, that is not the real Charlie Chaplin. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I got to go tell my son that I was now, totally I, wrong about all of that. I can confirm for you that the Spider-Man you see there, that is Tobey Maguire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that actually makes me feel better. He's a little better. pissed about the reboot. <laughs> um, oh, my God. And scene. And scene. Look, we're doing bits. Yay. That's just like old times. Yay. Um, so, yeah, so you, I mean, you... You started out doing sketch comedy, yes. and, and you did that for a while. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll cover the, your entire history in the next four hours. Oh, it'll be amazing. Um, but you became, and also you, well, let's let's start with that. I mean, you grew up here in Southern California. Yes, um, I'm a rare native Californian. I, I'm finding that also has surprised me as well. So many yeah. of the people I've talked to who are, are in the business actually grew up here. Oh, is that true? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people come from here and well, I didn't I think realize it. The difference in being a native and having your family here and all that is that there's no I'm gonna give it five years and then I'm gonna go home. Yeah. <laughs> you're you know? around. You're here. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not gonna go anywhere. You're gonna give it 
however long it takes. But people, it's interesting that people who grew up here weren't were very similar to maybe somebody who grew up in the Midwest in that they weren't necessarily part of an entertainment family. I right. mean, your parents had or, nothing to do with entertainment, right? Exactly. Right? But How, they were very supportive of of my brother and I, and they took us to theater constantly. Yeah. And you know, you and your brother both had the bug early on in life. Yes. Yeah. I you, mean, my brother had it first. He's he's almost three years older than me, and he definitely was. You think that influenced you? Yes. Yeah. No question. Because well, you saw saw him doing what? Well, he was writing all the time, right? And he was performing all the time. Yeah, and he, they, my brother's such a good actor. No, he's not. I swear to no, God, I know, but no, he really him. is. No, I've seen him. Yeah, no, he's, he's not that good. good. He's, he's a great writer for he's, an actor. He's, he's an a terrific okay, writer. See, now I think he's an okay writer, but no, I you're think right. He's a great actor. No, you're right about that. He's an okay writer. Yeah. He's still a better writer than actor. <laughs> You've never really seen him act, have no, you? No, I haven't. No, he's a really good actor, <laughs> and he's so funny. Well, that's where he, I mean, because we talked with Bob here, and he, right. um, when we say, I say we, I mean I, um, and mostly he, he talked right. most of the time. Um, but he was, uh, they formed that first sketch show when he was like 19 or something? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was ridiculously 18, young. Maybe. 18, Yeah. So and you were, so you were a kid, and you were seeing all that going yes. on. And well, I knew before, so I knew when I was eleven that I wanted to do something performance wise. But what, what was it? What was the I thing? Don't, I, that's the thing is, I didn't know what it was, and I do think at that point I was just following in my brother's footsteps. But were you also? I mean, was there a like a show you were watching or a movie? Well, no. So when I was twelve, uh-huh. I was babysitting across the street from my house, and I saw Whoopi Goldberg's one woman show on HBO, and I totally memorized one of her monologues, and I started crying at 12 it's so silly but i was like oh my god that's what i want to do but that's what happens i mean there is this emotion that i mean your brother talked about seeing bugsy malone right and how driving home in the car he was sad because why didn't they ask him to be part of right exactly it's an emotional moment when you recognize oh oh god i want to do that and just do one quick thing for you what Around the, the world, world in 18 days. Yep. yep. I remember, you know the one uh, where she does the, so I said, okay, I said, okay, I said, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's in the same show. It is, yeah. Yeah. The greatest, like, valley type So girl that's ever. the one I memorized, and I went home and I did it for my parents, and my mom started crying. And it was like we all knew at that moment that I would go on to have a really mediocre career. <laughs> That's why she was sad. Yeah, that's why she was sad. <laughs> no, but I knew. And then and then when they laughed, I was like, oh, God, that feels so good. And so then that was it for me. Yeah. Like, that's when I knew I just wanted to make people laugh. I just wanted to be on stage and make so people laugh. So how did you start? Did you do stuff in school or were you... Yeah, just followed I, I start. No, I did stuff in school. Um, I, I am. I well, I got involved in TADW, which was the teenage drama workshop shop at Cal State Northridge, which still exists oh, wow. and is the most amazing place to be as a as a kid when you know you want to be a performer. That's, I've heard about that. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. it's magical. It was genuinely a magical place. I went there for four summers in a row, and it's like. You are free to be who you want to be. Uh, it's all these little kids going through puberty and figuring out what kind of performer they want to be. And you're dancing and you're singing and you're doing improv and acting. And, you know, I was I did. Um, oh, my God. What's the show? Uh, Neil Simon show. Um, the one that was with Robert Redford and uh, Barefoot in the Park. Barefoot in the Park. I did a scene from Barefoot in the Park that I'll remember like forever. Oh and God. yeah, amazing. That's one so, of those situations because I went through that with. 
uh, the Chera program at Northwestern. Austin Winsberg talked about Stage Door Manor on the East Coast. It's okay. like when you get in those situations where, I mean, high school is one thing and a drama department is one thing, but when you get in a situation where everyone around you is of oh like mind, it's, it, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. It's like, oh, these are my people. Yep. This, is, this is the kind of environment I want to be in for the rest like. of my life. Yep, especially when, you know, when you're a quote-unquote drama geek at school, mm-hmm. you're not popular. No. And then all only of a within sudden, that only circle. With, exactly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're in a place where everyone is like you and you feel like a human, you know? You yeah. just, so that was amazing for me. And then I auditioned and got into Bob's sketch troupe. Um, you had to audition. Sketch, I had you didn't to audition. have a, no connections there. Oh, God, no, yeah, no, I had tons of connections. It just no, didn't. I had didn't to help. audition, but but I got in. So that. By the was way, huge. that's that seems to have been a, a theme for the rest of your uh, relationship. Yes. with him. Right. Yeah. 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 We won't go there though. Pr- prove it. Prove it, Lisa. Right. right exactly. <laughs> I know, it's fine. That's it's right. totally fine. You did all right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So so that was great. And then I just I joined Acme Comedy. You know, as I got older, I joined Acme Comedy Theater. Auditioned for the Groundlings, got in, found how much out how much it was, <laughs> and went. I can't do that. Yeah, and Acme was set up uh, basically as a rival to Groundlings, yep. which was getting a huge reputation. And Acme had a really good run. Yes, where you guys were. I mean, you guys were pulling in a, oh, a good crowds, huge crowds. I remember in particular a great review um, of one of the shows that mentioned you and mutual friend Burn Offit. Yeah, something about. Trying to wake somebody up. Oh yeah, that yes, sketch? yeah. It was literally. It was the simplest concept. Yes. It was. It was somebody locking themselves out of a. Of it was a, me out. locking myself out of my apartment, right? And uh, <laughs> and just trying to get back and in. trying to get back in, yes. and just and so all it was was your voice outside, literally just me outside and the other door. People starting to try and help yes. you and wake but up. But like this the guy. first like three minutes of the scene, it's just a dark stage with me outside, just going, Nick. Nick, Nick, honey. And it just, for some reason, it got the biggest laughs. And then I'm knocking and then I wake, you know, somebody up in another apartment and they come try to help me. So you hear both of us outside and then somebody else who I think was Ralph Garman um, is a cop who, you know, somebody called the cops. You're making so much noise and it all takes place off stage. (laughs) And do you remember how it ends? I, I call and then the answering machine picks up and... Then somehow, I guess the superintendent or whatever comes and lets me in. Oh my God, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. it almost anyway, doesn't matter. It does. It but but even the, I never got to it. see it. But even the description from LA Weekly made it sound hilarious. That's and so funny. So you guys were getting this great buzz. Yes. And um, pulling in crowds. And some of the other who were some of the other people in that? Uh, Burn, who you yeah, just mentioned, Ralph Garman, who right. was on the K Rock Morning Show, and Corolla part of that brilliant. Group? So Corolla was there when I first got there when I was in the B company and he was in the A company. Mm -hmm. Um, He and I did some improv shows together, but I never did sketch with him. Right. Um, David Finkel, who runs New Girl and Brett Baer, his uh, partner. And, um, oh, God, I'm missing people. But so many talented people whose names you might not know who are – Doing incredibly yeah, well. Writing, producing, yes. a lot of behind the scenes. It, it seems like it was, while Groundlings was a center stage, create characters, you know, be the pipeline to Saturday Night Live yes. kind of thing. The writing in your world, it, that seemed yeah. to be the, the, 
the main I think focus. so. And yet the performers, oh God, Jerry Lambert, uh-huh. um, who is, everybody would recognize him. He's a brilliant character actor. Alex Alexander, who is, she's a commercial actress and she's, she does a ton of acting work and is so funny. Antoinette Spolar, yeah, right. who you know, who is. Curb Your Enthusiasm yep. for a while and a bunch of other stuff. Exactly. And is brilliant. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. Yes, I believe that almost all of us there would have liked to have been, you know, we would have liked it to be a feeder to a bigger performing platform. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everyone's done pretty well. And yeah. it's it's a group of just really brilliant people. Yeah. And it also just kind of goes to show how you can be so brilliant and have everything right and still not make it happen. Well, I, I think that goes back to the point of, you know, adapting the dream a little bit is right. like I'm, I'm sure everybody on that stage was thinking at some point is this a, a launching pad to snl or is it you know other sketch show possibilities right. or sitcoms or whatever it doesn't didn't necessarily always go that exactly way. um and that's the same i mean you know finkel and, and brett ended up becoming very powerful showrunners. Oh, yeah you know ralph is on the radio and has his own big podcast yeah. going on but but has made a name for himself in a very particular way that Completely. you would have never been never able to in a million years what do you think i mean let's kind of start to knock off some of the like seemingly random stuff that became your career at that point what was i mean well what... so when i when i was done at acme um i don't know i, I did a couple odd jobs that got me my sag card and then I um, got an audition for Seinfeld. Right. And what was the goal at at this point in your life? Was it to do that? Was it? To it be was a, to to yes. I yeah. wanted to be on a sitcom. I mean, were you thinking SNL sketch comedy as a as a possibility, or did you want do you have more serious acting? I you know, never focused? wanted to do drama. It was always comedy. It was always comedy, yeah. and I've done a couple dramas, and it's so miserable for me. Really? Oh God, I hate it so much. Well, because the I think the misconception. I mean, this happens all the time, and I think to a certain extent it's true. People say if you can nail comedy, that that drama is an easy transition. But I think for some people, you just it's just not it's not enjoyable. No, like I love you know, pathos. I, yeah. I like, you know, if, if something serious or heartbreaking can come out of comedy, right. that to me is, is that I can play. Because you have the ability to be real and grounded and, and natural, even in a comedic setting. I but, would like to think so. Yeah, you do. I mean, you just do. And, Thank you. But you don't want to take it deeper or darker. No, it yeah. just, I hate it. Yeah. It's, there's no place for me to, I just literally don't enjoy it. So, yeah. which says to me, clearly, I'm not like a I don't think you can call me an actress because I think an actress would enjoy that. <laughs> well, you just specialize. I must, yes, exactly. So, yeah, that is not my thing, man, yeah. at all. Um, but so, yeah, so I auditioned for Seinfeld and um, and just thought, wow, how cool that I get to audition for this show. And then it was it was the, at its height at that point, right? Oh, well, yeah, it was ninety six. So it was, I think it was season seven. Yeah. And it was a little on the downswing. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was still. Still a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had, had easily made its mark in the annals of television oh, history. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I was in the waiting room, and I remember for the first time at any audition, because, you know, people play intimidation tactics all the time in, in waiting, you know, in audition rooms and all that stuff. And it was the first time that I walked into an audition, and I just sat there, and I went, I'm like, get this yeah and every time somebody walked in i was like you're not gonna go in. 
I just I like for only for myself. That I doesn't played sound this like you at all. Head. That, I have never heard you say anything with that sort of confidence before right. in your life. No, it's very rare that it pops up, but in that beautiful moment, it did. And I went in and I did the audition and immediately got a call back and went back that afternoon and walked into a conference room where Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David and a, you know like eight other people were. And I it was the first audition ever that I just nailed because I just went, I'm going to get this. And then I got it. Wow. And now, that was crazy. It, it, now, I want to I talk a little bit more about just the process of that show. Remind people what episode that is because the, the, the nerds will know. Oh, God. It's, uh, well, I mean, even just describe I it. I know, but I know the name of it and I can't think of it. It's the jacket? It's, it's uh, the, oh, Fr- Friars Club. That's right, what it's called. Right. So um, I, I play Kramer's girlfriend where I fall asleep on top of, he falls asleep on top of me and I right. think he's dead because he's doing the Da Vinci sleep. Right. Yes. And you're the. I'm the, Connie. You're the girlfriend of uh, someone with mob ties. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I had this really thick New York accent. Thicker than that. I don't know if I could do yeah, it anymore. it was pretty heavy. Kramer! It was like that. <laughs> And I like I didn't even know I had never even done an accent in a, an audition. I just freaking did. I channeled something. I don't know what happened. Now describe a little of how they shot that show because I don't think people, even at that time, recognized that it was not in front of an audience. Yeah, which people assumed it was for the longest uh, right. time. Right. Well, because it's it's shot like it is, yeah. and it's shot on it's got sets. A flat set. Yes. I mean, there's... I, there's sometimes they would bring in an audience. For, like, the main living room like, scenes. Yeah, okay. And then play back some of the other scenes exactly. that they shot right. separately. Yes, that's what I was told. To and keep I'm continuity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But but no, no audience, but shot just like a multicam is normally shot, yeah. as if there was an audience there. Um, and I remember you relating, in particular, Larry David was on the set and reacting to your performance well, so, or something. So I get the job, Larry, and it ends up being, although a fantastic experience and, and really important for the rest of my career, um, it ends up being one of the worst days <laughs> ever. Because first of all, Michael Richards is lying on top of me. Second of all, I have to kiss Michael Richards, which, I'm sorry, wasn't pleasant. Okay. And um, third of all... I don't know all, that anybody would immediately say... Either one way or the other on that, right. but probably not say, oh boy, I get to kiss Michael Rich. Exactly. Yeah. And then it ends up, I just end up kissing him on his neck in the actual mm-hmm. episode, but we like went for it for one take and it wasn't, no. it wasn't my, that's not why I got in the business. <laughs> um, and then, and then the end of the day, and Michael Richards was also very mean to me, by the way. Why? Because, so he's doing this Da Vinci sleep that makes him really exhausted. Right. And, and then he's supposed to fall asleep on top of and me while we're dead making out. On and he's pure dead weight and so asleep that no matter what happens, I can't wake him up. So I'm yelling, Kramer, Kramer, wake up. And he goes, cut. Michael Richards says oh. cut. And looks at the director and goes, why is she yelling in my ear? That would wake me up. I don't understand what she's doing. Which, this was my first big job. So that was really hard for me right and then the director goes no actually she's doing it exactly how she was directed because you're dead weight and you're so asleep that no matter what she does you don't wake up so then he apologized to the director but not not to me so then i went to my dressing room and cried and then at the end of the day i did a take that i couldn't get right that i'm trying to figure out how to explain it of where it makes sense essentially the scene ended with me just having an odd look on my face, staring at the phone. Right. 
And I couldn't master that look the way Larry David wanted me to. And so he was like, I, what are you doing? Can't you just look like this, like this, look like this? And then I would look like that. And I guess it wasn't right. <laughs> so he kept like yelling at me to do it again, which was mortifying. Now, at this point, nobody really has a sense of who Larry David is really. I what his who. What his persona is like. Exactly. It makes sense now that he would just be that guy. Yes. And you just go, okay, he's just being Larry David. But at the time. Right, but at the but time. Who knew? Totally. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Unless you're you right. knew him. Yeah. You're so right. Because had I known him. Now, I had been spoken to by my brother that way several times in, <laughs> you know, doing the sketch comedy show. So I should have immediately put together that they're probably very similar people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Very similar people. Bob is just a younger, slightly more handsome. Yeah. Uh, Larry slightly David. Slightly more handsome. Right. Larry David. Now, and we could talk about this later, but years later, I redeemed myself. With Larry David? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, save that. Okay. That'll be, maybe that'll be our, that'll be our, that'll be our, our pinnacle. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> it is, it's one of my favorite stories. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. we're going to use that. Don't let me forget. All right, so that sounds t- terrible. So that was so you, terrible. So you went from ultra, I mean, how much did that residually damage the confidence of nailing the audition? It's so funny because... It, that to me is a microcosm of what this business is. It's a series of being lifted up and then being kicked in the face. Right. And that is all that I have dealt with for my entire, you know, more of my life than not. I have been being rejected and then praised and right. rejected and praised. Well, that's the weird dichotomy of that situation, which is, and I'm sure you experienced this, where you go into audition, into an audition and you walk out going, oh my God, I fucking sucked. And yes. you get the part. Yes. And then suddenly it's like, you, so you have no perspective it's on what, what works or what none. doesn't. Yeah. None. And so the, in this case, it's literally flipped around where it's like, I killed it. I nailed it. I'm going to get it. It's Seinfeld. It's one of the biggest shows on television. Yes. This is going to be the thing that launches the rest of my career. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. What a horrible experience. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly. So weird. It's so weird. Now, then, of course, it airs. And that was an amazing experience. Yes. What were you able to? To parlay that, I mean, this is pre-internet. By I mean, this is right. appointment viewing for one. Yes, so people are watching this, and millions of people see you that night. Right, and and that's the night I decided to get a nose job. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. because yeah. you saw yourself. Were on you TV? there? Were you at Louise's house for the premiere of it? I don't think okay, so. Okay, so we all a bunch of us from here watched it at at Louise's house. Who uh, Louise Planker? Shout out. And um, <laughs> my mom and I were sitting on the floor in front of the couch watching, and I come up on screen, and I look at my mom, and I go, I think I'm going to get a nose job. And she goes, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> and so two weeks later, I got a nose job. Never in my life had I ever considered it before. I could not care less that I – I just couldn't care Until less. Until you saw yourself And then on I saw myself belt. on screen and went, oh, my God, I'm only going to play that character for the rest of my life. Now, what I love about that is that you actually documented your nose job very publicly. I did. Where, where would you have done that at that point? That's a great was, question. Was MySpace around then, or what? I was why not... did we? What, where did we get to see? Because you had all those pictures, right? Of your black eyes, yeah, and your bandaged nose, yeah. Where in the world? What I year don't was know. Because I did. I ninety seven. I posted it immediately somewhere. Where? I what don't existed know. then? Maybe I was just walking around with a billboard. <laughs> Were you? Did you go on your AOL account and just email it to everybody? I don't Maybe. know. That's weird. Maybe it's just that years later I, I put it so. up. I think that's what it is. But so to answer your question, um, this is why that experience was so great. And this is why you have to be 
kind to everyone in every position. Yes. And you have and not to. not be a, an asshole or a diva. Or ever. A, yeah. Just don't ever do it. Yeah. There's no reason to. I agree. And you could be being an asshole to somebody who could give you a job in a year. Um, and, and it's also why you have to do well in every audition because you never know what's going to come up next. Had I not gotten that part, they would have seen me again for something else. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. So, um, I would. Either the same producers or the same casting people. Somebody exactly. in that group would have seen you exactly. again. Yeah. So, but what ended up happening was I was babysitting. This was like six or seven months later. I'm babysitting for Sweeney's kids, and Sweeney is the guy who ran Acme Comedy Theater. I'm babysitting for his kids, and as he's leaving to go to work, he goes, "Oh, hey, by the way, um, a bunch of casting people came from Mad TV to Acme, and I wasn't at Acme anymore." And he goes, "And uh, they're they're casting for Mad TV, and you should be in there." Now, my agent had just dropped me, so I had no agent, and I said... Well, this is on the heels of you getting signed, though. Yep. Yep. Uh, no okay. idea why. Okay. Uh, again, praise rejection, no explanation. You and want to give a shout-out to the agency? I don't. Okay. I really don't. Right. But they dropped me, <laughs> and I did that thing that you do, that resolve of, I'm going to show them. Oh, good. Yeah. As opposed to the... I, 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 no matter what I do, I'm always going to be a failure. I didn't think that. Good. I just said, I'm going to show them. And then, uh, so I said, do you know who the casting director is? He said, it's Gail Pillsbury, who was the casting associate for the Seinfeld that I booked. Uh-huh. So I called the casting agents uh, and I said, hey, uh, my name is Lisa Arch. I just did a Seinfeld. Um, actually, I said my name is Lisa Cushell because I hadn't met my husband. Yeah, that's at the time. right. You hadn't. Right. <laughs> you didn't even that's know what so that name funny. was. No. That would have been strange if you, <laughs> if you that predicted that. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I actually called myself my married name. <laughs> that would have been weird. So I said, I'm Lisa Cushell, um, and I hear you're auditioning for Mad TV, and I should be in there. And they said, great, we'll see you Monday. And then after like seven auditions. Oh, God, really? Yeah. That right. was rough. Now, let's cover Mad TV. You were there for a relatively brief time. <laughs> and again, not the most pleasant experience. It was the worst but experience. Here's the funny thing. I can't find anybody yet to talk to who doesn't talk about Mad TV as kind of this, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, even like Jim Wise, who was there forever. Right. It, 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 there, there's no moment of, of talking to him where he's jumping up and down going, oh, my God, what an amazing experience. Yeah. And he ter- turned that into a very long, profitable right. you know, career. Yes. I'm not even sure. I don't know. Would Michael McDonald say nice things about it? Probably. Would, would, yeah. I, I do kind of feel like everyone would go, yeah, well, that's not a... <laughs> Bobby yeah. Lee. I mean, they all kind of got extended careers out of it, yes. I guess, to a certain to extent. A certain the extent. ones that, that, that reached a certain level. Right. But... Uh, but it never, it certainly never got any respect from, you know, any kind of like media didn't didn't embrace it. No, um, it had its its moments and it had its characters. Yeah, it there were some brilliant moments on that show. And when I I was season three and I just did I think seven or ten episodes and. At that time, they were still doing these little movies. They were miniature movies that were so good. And that was like the signature of the show. And then right. that somehow went away. And had that, I mean, had that been around, that's that would have been a pre- precursor to the viral thing. Because you guys. Oh, no question. You guys pre-taped everything. There was yes. nothing live that got broadcast. So exactly. the opportunity to actually catch the wave of 
you know, viral oh. stuff was was set. Yes. And yes. didn't take advantage. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, if you go back and you look at some of like there, the people, Phil Lamar, who has made an incredibly successful acting and voiceover Boy, career. Big voice guy, yeah. um, oh, my God. So brilliant. Deborah Wilson is and I, frankly, I don't know where she is at in her career now, but everything she did was genius. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um, Alex Borstein, of course, you know, is on The Family Guy yeah. and has like completely, you know, that great HBO show that I can't think of the name. Right. Of. The one in the um, hospital. Yes. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really talented people on that show. But, um, yeah, it was like as Acme was Groundlings kind of, you know, young little step sister. I think that Mad TV was sort of that for SNL. I think the way the way Jim put it was it was a show that was run more by executives at a studio level than it was a Lauren yes. Michaels who come came directly out of comedy. 100%. And had that not I mean had there been a little bit more of a creative presence who had that yeah, kind of power. Yeah, that maybe it would have been able. to Oh, stand I think the that's time there's that there's no question. Yeah. And it's also you know where you need a, a collaborative atmosphere that didn't so much exist. Yeah. It, it was, was more, it more of a competitive. more competitive than collaborative. Oh God, yeah, just to get stuff on the air. Oh yeah, but that's I mean that's pretty standard of any of those shows. I mean that's fostered in in a in a place like that. Even SNL people will say that's that's there. Yes, you just but you can work around it if you find your champions. Yes, and you find your people. Absolutely. Um, and you just didn't find that. I did not find that. Um, but a prime example would be one of my favorite characters you ever created was, um, what's her name? I said, <laughs> I knew that's where that sentence was going and it made me so happy. Damn it. It's perfect for her too. Susan Whitfield. Susan Whit- Whitfield, yeah. which you created on stage. Yes. In I, a show you did. Yep. And the, a prime example would be what did they do to Susan when you when you pitched it at Fox? Well, no. So I got the job because of Susan. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, no, it's it was an amazing character and an amazing premise. Yeah, thank Can you. you. Describe yeah, describe that a little bit. She's she was just a really ugly thirteen year old girl with um who didn't know how to make friends and was socially awkward and you know um. Can you give me the signature line? I don't know why my mom. Oh. Oh wait, which line? Uh, 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 well, from the original. Sketch, oh God, was, I'd have to um, think of what it was. Um, but basically, she had no self-esteem. Yes, every sentence ended so in a question. Everything ended in a question. The thing, of, which I was, like to think I did before anyone else. Well, I, and I think what was great about that is that was that you definitely were ahead of that. That has become a kind of a cliche, right? Uh, but everybody knows. A girl like that. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. And it was the line about being a model. About uh, yeah, I'm I don't know. Remember. I don't know why my mom uh, sent me to this camp or something like that to be a model. And you just have to physically also. It's just you. You know, you had your hair in your face or whatever. Oh yeah, and just but what Mad shoulders. did to you. <laughs> so they were like Lisa. We we the, here's why we cast you. They take me out to dinner to a beautiful restaurant in Hollywood. Oh. Have some champagne. This is what Hollywood does to you, by the way. <laughs> they freaking, they shower you with stuff and food and pretty and makeup and hair and limos and <laughs> things and, and sparklies. Yeah, and they say, we hired you because 
you, we needed a, a sexy girl on the show, and you're that sexy girl. But the fact that you're not afraid to be ugly and that you created this character who's so beautiful and clearly comes from within you, that, like, Susan's it this season, man. Like, we can't wait to see her everywhere and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they paid the check, and I was full. And then I went home, and then um, here we are, like, a couple months into shooting the show, and I've been playing basketball in a bikini, and I've been, you know, naked as Farrah Fawcett with right. paint all over my Which body. Which is one of only two things that exist on the on YouTube with you from From, from Mad, Mad TV, yes. is that true? Yes. That day was awesome. Um, and, but no Susan. Where'd yeah. Susan go? Right. So finally, we shoot a Susan Whitfield episode and, I mean, a sketch, and and it's funny and it's great, and they bury it. Yeah, end of the show. Well, they finally air it, like, way later in the season. Yeah, Yeah. and it gets a huge email response, huge response from fans. Um, And then they did one more but made me a much smaller character and made another actress on the show, my mom, um, who was a, the biggest character in the scene. And I just went, so clearly. That's a prime example of here's here's comedy gold right. that you could easily turn into a recurring character no question. And, and grow. There was yeah. plenty, there was fertile ground yes. for that. And people really responded. Yeah. I got I got approached several times by by people after that. Um, by kids, you know, teenagers going, oh, my God, I love Susan Whitfield. See, and she's that wild. Yeah. But then it just never it never happens. So it's that other thing of like it's it's awful in a way because it makes you you bitter and it makes you not trust anything anybody tells you. Right. But it's also made me really strong because I don't I don't need that outside affirmation. It's just because it doesn't matter. Well, that's critical. Right. At some point. I mean, when do you feel like you grew that? thick skin enough to go i don't care how this turns out really when this i had a affect. kid really yeah it took that long it really i got more and more confident as it went on but i never stopped caring to Genuinely, the point where it would really right like really bother you exactly for a long stretch of time it didn't happen until i had a child how do you how do you i, I get that because i recognize that with me too once because I, I guess really it's just a matter of, especially if you're a halfway decent parent. Right. Uh, nothing is more important than making sure that human being is happy and oh healthy. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it so just, everything else is just, bing, you're yeah. bulletproof at yep, that point. Completely bulletproof. Yep. Literally, I just was like, oh, my God. First of all, I just went, I, I don't, I just kind of went, I'm a person. Like, I'm a whole person with with. Lots of, you know, different parts to me. And right, right. and I don't I don't need to need that validation constantly. I mean, that really did happen a lot earlier. The, the, the not needing the validation from outside happened before I had my son. But when I had Garrett, it was just like. I don't know, it just made me feel like a com- complete person. Well, I, it sounds so silly. No, but, but a certain level of insecurity is almost critical for anybody who goes into the business like that at all because you what's for most people what's the point almost anyone who's gone into comedy or acting or whatever it's usually based upon a reaction you get from somewhere else and it is some form of acceptance adulation adulation adoration (laughs) all of that it's good feelings coming at you in waves but but at a certain point you need to go i 
okay. Yeah. I, I know I'm funny. Right. I know I can do this. Well, that's when it morphs, and that, unfortunately, usually only comes either with age or it doesn't. I mean, yes, we you're also, right. We also know plenty of people who've had plenty of children and have and, had plenty of relationships. And are still incredibly insecure. And they can't absolutely. get out of that. Well, and I have to say, too, it goes back to your first question, how will I deal with the backlash for labor games? Because I know there will be some. Mm-hmm. I This is the only time in my life I could have done a show like this. Because I know I'm going to hear a lot of this is madness and who does this and it's terrible. And I have to know in my heart that we did it in the loveliest way possible and everyone was happy and all that. I know that. So I'm going to be okay with half of America going, she's horrible. <laughs> well, you also are, are having to learn that at a time in a world where everybody gets to say, say whatever, whatever they, want. they want. Exactly. And, give, and usually in the harshest way possible. Absolutely. So as long as you can tune that out or, yeah. just, or just avoid it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I won't avoid it. <laughs> You'll revel in it? I will revel in it. <laughs> I know myself. I will not avoid it. I will not be able to avoid it. All right. So let's bang through the the, the hot hits here. Okay. When did, let's talk Legally Blonde. When did that happen? Oh, my God. When was that? That was after I got married. I know. Because really? I cut off all my hair. Yes. I had yeah, really had long hair. hair. And then I cut it all off. And I got uh, legal, Legally Blonde. Right. Um, how, how, how was that shoot? That was great. Great. I mean, it's funny because I'm never the star of anything. I'm always a guest star or a day player. And so you're always the new kid at school. So Yeah, you're walking into, and these people have probably been working together already for a while. Exactly. Unless you're there on the first day. Right. So, yeah, there's camaraderie. There's a second language going on. exactly. Just like with the Seinfeld. Yes. And you're the one in in a pretty you know, high profile moment. Because yeah. You have to be a bitchy, terrible person. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and it, that was a great lesson for me in go in and do your job. Just go in and do your job. Yeah. Bring a book, meet some people if you can. And if you can't just go in and do your job and go home, uh, which sounds so silly that that's a lesson I had to learn, but it's like, you know, you're not, it's it's hard always being the new kid at school. And so you have to find a place in your head to go, it, nobody hates you. They just don't know you. Yeah, and that comes into the craft portion of it. We talk a lot in this podcast because it always gets around to this, too, is work ethic. And, yes. and part of that is also just kind of the focus of this is a job. And, right. And, I, and I'm expected to deliver. Uh, I, I, no one wants to hear from me about this sales clerk's motivation exactly. or, or the day they've had or the, right. the backstory. Right. You can do that all all, all on your own. Pre- exactly. Pretentious actor lady, if you want to. Right. You don't go up to Reese Witherspoon and ask her um, advice on how the interaction should be. Exactly right. <laughs> you just go and you do it. Was she cool? Yeah, she was very nice. Everybody was really nice. I actually had a, a fun a little tidbit story where she, we were doing that scene and then it was lunch and then we went back to doing that scene and she had been wearing like this little gold belt, I think. And they started the scene and she didn't have the little gold belt on. So I went and found wardrobe and I go, she doesn't have her belt. And they were like, oh my God. <laughs> and they ran because continuity is very important. Big and time. they ran and got it and put it on her and thanked me. And that's when I was like, I'm a crew person. Like I like, I like the crew. Yeah. Yeah. And they like you, by the way, when you do something like that. Yes, that's oh, very God, true. You are golden. Yeah, that was that a good. day shoot? Was yep, that just one, one day? day? I was there yeah. for a few hours. People recognize you from that too. No, no, no. But uh, it was just on TV recently, and three people texted me. Oh my God, this is happening right now with a picture of me from the thing. <laughs> um, 
How, here's the thing, because you said you've never really kind of been the star of anything, but right. you've been in enough high-profile things and scenes that you must have had over the years. You must have had that period of, oh, were you on Seinfeld? Oh, oh, I saw you in Legal, or maybe not the Legally Blonde. Oh, Mad TV Lady. Oh, Susan right. Whitfield. Yes. I mean, I these did little X-Files. flurries. You did an X-Files yeah. where you were in a bathtub? Yeah. Uh, with hardly any clothes on? Yeah. Another terrible day for me, by the way. Why do I stay in this business? I don't know. That was a horrible You're a day. For punishment. I really am. Well, you were you were wet. Ugh. You were cold. Yeah. You were playing an undesirable, you know, human being. Yes. Um, it, it, who was bad to you? Who was mean to you? Who was terrible? Nobody was mean. Oh, come Everybody, on. No, no, no. Everybody. No, David was, Duchovny was. <laughs> no, I was never saw around, them. He was hanging around the set and he was <laughs> leering at you. Oh, no, that would have been nice. Um, no. no, everyone was so lovely. It's just that I just was the, in a. Physical. Tepid bath for like 16 hours and yeah. in a leotard. It was so bad, Larry. Hollywood is so glamorous. <laughs> Isn't it? It's so glamorous. What are the, what are Plus, the... it was drama, which we all know I hate. Oh, that's right. Oh, you God. had to be serious. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you were in an X-Files. I, I mean, you've kind of been in these iconic things. You worked, right. You've worked with Myri, Miley fucking Cyrus. I did. Three, Three times. times. Yes. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. And she was all right? She was lovely. She uh, was fine. So w- where along the way have you been, like, recognized the most? What's the thing that spikes? Is it, it I mean, it probably more recently would be Wheat Thin's Yeti wife. Nobody ever recognizes me <laughs> from that. You're kidding me. No, no. Yeah, but that's run eight thousand times i know but i but how good I are had... those checks by the way oh they my god keep rolling Larry. in did they keep rolling in I are you that wheat you. thins money yes are, do they pay you in wheat, wheat thins? <laughs> they pay me in wheat thins oh, which is wow. hard because i'm gluten-free ah, me too yeah so See? that's rough so you give them but you give it away i as give gifts. it away and it's so nice <laughs> i give it to crew members um no i um that was great because i never ever book commercials mostly because i don't go out on them because yeah. i don't it was want unusual. to drive you, to santa monica have you been in commercials before i mean i have been in Two, like uh, uh, two or th- yeah, three others. This was my fourth commercial in your whole career. In my whole career, and um, See, I remember seeing it because it was on all the time. Right. I saw it. I think immediately it started showing up in sports broadcasting a lot. Yes, yeah. And it was like I can't remember seeing Lisa in a commercial. Right. No, I had an audition for one for years. Yeah. So that was amazing. Yeah. That was good. And and uh, and what else was I thinking of that? Oh. What? That, that people would, I mean, I would imagine there's a Miley Cyrus crowd that probably knows you as a uh, Hannah Montana crowd that so, knows yes. you as Liza. So here's the, the, the thing. For a while, there was the Mad TV crowd. Mm-hmm. Now there's the Disney crowd that right. I do get recognized a lot by kids, which is a whole other experience, which I love. Because you were on, uh, you've been on a couple of different I did shows. Hannah Montana. I was on a show called Corey in the House that right. I was a recurring on. Right. I did Austin and Allie, right. which I only did one episode of, but I have kids come up and say my lines to me. See, that's it's crazy. It's crazy. And what's this new one? Uh, uh, 100 So, things. okay. So, huh? I have a new show. Um, and then remind me, there's one other thing I'm recognized for that's my favorite. Okay, good. Will you remind me? Yes. Okay. We got two things to remind you Okay. Of. So, um, I'm on a new Nickelodeon show. I don't know when it's starting. I think it's going to be June, something like that. It's called 100 Things to Do Before High School. I play the principal. It's by the guy that did Big Time Rush, who I did one episode of. This is another example of do your freaking job the best you can. I do one episode of Big Time Rush. The creator of that show comes up to me and says, I have another show in the works. And they brought you And back. I want to put you on it. And then I, of course, go, that is so nice. Never going to happen. 
because you know people say that, and people I knew I knew he meant it. By the way, you know, wait, well, but it's, so it's, much is yeah, out of his people control. Can like you. Yeah, there's so many levels that even a creator has to go through yes. to get approval, studio approval, absolutely. Test, who knows right. who's involved? So I was like, that is so lovely. I can't believe he said that to me. Never going to happen. Here I am. I've done eight episodes of this um, of this Nickelodeon show, and I have to say, it is a it it is it's such a good show. It really is. It's, it's airing right now, right? It's go, no, no, no. We so they aired one as a movie. Oh, okay, that's right. Yes, and then there's the actual show will start airing sometime in the next couple months. Okay, cool. On Nickelodeon, one hundred things to do before high school. It's so good, oh. and I always play the bitch. I'm always a mean. I'm always mean on kids shows. I I'm I, I know. I don't know what to. It makes sense. I have, <laughs> I don't. I didn't want to say that. But that's kind of what yeah. your thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. It is. Um, but you're but you're happy and bubbly and wonderful in Labor Games on TLC. Yes, thank you. Which premieres May sixth. Yes, back to back. We're gonna. This is airing as people are able to access this. It is the week before Mother's Day. Oh, perfect. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because that's when it's happening. Yes. Um, what would be the perfect Mother's Day for Lisa Arch? Oh. <laughs> wow. I wish I could describe body language yeah. after that. <laughs> I've stopped wishing for that. No? It's just, you know, I, the the perfect thing happens every Mother's Day morning, which is my husband and my son bring me breakfast in bed. Yeah, you get the kid, little kid. He's still little enough to care about that. Oh, my God. He cares so much about that stuff. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That's adorable. And he, like, everything has to look beautiful, and he'll write me a card, and my husband will write me a card, and that's all lovely. And then that's a good 20 minutes, and then I'm up cleaning and, <laughs> and preparing. And then you have to take the... care of the mess that they created. Exactly. <laughs> and then I always have Mother's Day at my house for everyone else, so I cook. And I, it's an, honestly, yeah. the next reality show should just be Arch. It just be, should be called Arch. Yeah, and nobody s- would watch that no, show. No, it would be fascinating. <laughs> nope. Um, look, people watched freaking Meerkats on, you know, for several seasons. Meerkats are the cutest freaking animals. Do you see the faces you they make when they hear that a sound? Show. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, most, you are most recognized from what? Okay. Not most, but it's my favorite group of of people that recognize me besides kids. When kids recognize me, it's my favorite. I did a movie for Jack Hole Productions, which is Adam Carolla and, um, Jimmy Kimmel's, uh, production company. I was going to bring this up because it has become much like the one you did for me, the comedy team with Pete and James. It has (laughs) become. Very similar. Yes. uh, Which has become a huge cult of. Movie yeah. in the immediate Encino Hills right. area where my mother in law still has it on VHS. Awesome. Yeah. I still have it. Yeah, uh, it's called Windy City Heat, yep. and it is a two hour long prank, prank. On, on Perry Caravello. And I play Jiggly Wriggly, um, and or Susan B. Anthony is my real name. Jiggly Wriggly <laughs> is the character I play in the movie within the movie. And I get it's always the same guy. It's a it's like a thirty four year old hipster that goes, excuse me, are are you Jiggly Wriggly? And I go, yes, I am. And they're like, that's awesome. And then I always apologize that my boobs aren't that big. <laughs> but the that to me is so great. I just so want to great. know that your son is around you during these conversations. Are you Jiggly yeah. Wriggly? <laughs> and I don't think he has like, been there. I know. What's oh Jiggly God. Wriggly? And he's over there Googling Jiggly exactly. Wriggly. And the, that picture comes up. That would be great. <laughs> Uh, that yeah, thing so that's my has favorite. A sh- has a life that you can't explain. Oh my god! And people in the industry love it. Yeah. And I it's mean, pretty great. It's pretty great. That experience was so crazy. And Bobcat Goldthwait directed it. Right. He was the nicest guy. And it was largely improv because you guys were were 
well, messing with him, right? Yes. What's crazy is it was very scripted because you were doing a movie within a movie. Well, no, because everybody knew how Perry would react to everything. Really? Yeah. It was that tightly scripted. They, well, but no, but then you would mess around because sure. he would sometimes do something off, and right. you would have to, you know, and and certainly we would put things in our own words, but it was very, very outlined. Because I mean, I've heard Kimmel say that, and yeah. I just, I, I, it, it, you watch it now, and it. And it feels completely spontaneous or so scripted. I mean, there still is that contingent that claims the whole thing is staged. I swear to God it was not. And that that, that and that Perry is just a, a very good actor, a willing participant. If, in... if that were true, he would be a much happier person. <laughs> no, it, it was all real. It's so crazy. And I, and I understand why people think that. I would think that. But I remember very distinctly being in an office with Dane Cook. About to have to go do a scene in front of Perry, and Dane was sweating and going, "I'm going to puke," and I go, "I'm going to puke too," because there's something so nerve wracking. Because you only have one shot, right, right? There's no second take. Yeah. So that's the, crazy. everything worked out exactly it's, how it was supposed it's, to. It's kind of a brilliant piece of work. And it's, actually, I never thought of this. We everything you see happened once. So yeah. that's proof that it's not, there was no staging. We never did a second take of anything. Yeah, because it had to be happening in real life. Exactly. It was a, quote, documentary. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. All right. So a uh, quick aside, remember our brilliant Friends episode we wrote together? Oh, And how I they do. stole it? How they yeah. stole Oh, they did, didn't that's they? What I tell pe- that's what I tell yeah. people. Yeah. I nobody, know they didn't. Nobody ever saw nobody it. Because nobody ever read it. No, but it was in the we uh, had a, atmosphere. We wrote a really good uh, It was good. Episode. I read that again recently when I was going through stuff in my office. I'm not kidding. And I was like, this is funny. It was really well done. It was, uh, it was Monica da- was dating a guy who she really liked, but his name was Ross. Right. So she couldn't, and it felt really weird. Yeah, that it's yeah. No, it was a great premise. Yep. We had a a like a running. We had a callback bit about was it Phoebe's pager or somebody else's yes, pager? Yes, Phoebe's pager because yeah. she had the pager because she was in the suit. And then one night watching Friends, as all of America did, because it was must see TV. Yep. Still. And is. there was it was a different character, but there was a pager joke that was eerily similar to the one we had wrote written. Right. And within 45 seconds, my phone, our home phone ring, our landline rings, and it's Lisa going, are you watching this? <laughs> did I really do of, that? Yes, you did. You that's called, a good impression. You called immediately. Oh, my God. That's you were like, funny. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe how <gasps> lightning fast you. That's you, funny. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, yes. And even Char- Charlotte, who had read it, is like, right. oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good script. So that I, really was. So I claim they, they stole it. Yeah. Uh, so let's wrap this up with the ultimate Hollywood revenge on Larry David. No, no, not revenge no. on Larry da- no, David. I want it Redemption to be. for myself. Okay, that. So <laughs> nowhere near as interesting. Uh, no, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's a decade after that horrible Seinfeld incident where Larry David was yelling at me, rightfully so. But come on, it was my first real not, job. Not rightfully so. I Nobody know. should be yelling at sweet Lisa. I know. I was right. so innocent. Um, yeah. It's ten years later, and I get an audition for Curb Your Enthusiasm. Now, this is a dream, just going into audition. I have no idea who's going to be there. I don't know what it's going to be like, whatever. I get there early. I'm the first to go in. I am improvising with Larry David. This was another one of those moments, Larry, where I just was like, I have to just gird my loins. (laughs) And I got to just do this and be fucking funny. Yeah. And I went in. 
And we did this scene together. You're making me nervous just hearing about it. I'm just, I'm getting old. Well, like, no, there's no, I no, mean. No, but I just, I mean, I get, oh, my about, chest is yes, all tight. No, it was very nerve wracking. Yeah. But but the scene was, he says, okay, so I am um, offering to put your baby through college. And now you have to say to me that you want help for yourself. And so that's the scene. Right. Go. And that's all I have. Oh, wow. And so I go, Larry, I, I, I want to ask you a question. And he goes, what? And I go, I, listen, I so appreciate you giving money for our, our kids' college, but I, I want to go back to school. And I, if there's any way you could pay for mine as well. And he's like, what? No, absolutely not. And I go, you know, that's bullshit. You don't even know what my kid's going to turn out to be. My kid could be a total asshole and you've put him through college, but you know me and you're not going to pay for my college. (laughs) So that's that. And then we went on and it was like a two minute scene. Right. And he goes, that was fantastic. And I go, oh my God, thank you. And when Jeff Garland's in there, I go, thank you. Oh my God. It's such a pleasure. We shake hands and I leave. And I called Russ from the car and I said, listen, I don't care if I get this or not. I swear to God, I don't care. I just totally redeemed myself from that Seinfeld. I go, I just fucking did a scene with Larry David, babe. And it went so well and it felt so good. And it was like that euphoria. I just felt like I was flying. And then I found out I fucking got it. And then I got to spend a whole day on the Curb Your Enthusiasm set, which was it's the fourth best day of my entire life, and I'm not kidding. Really, best. It's the yes. It was. It's the best day of my whole career. Aww. It was amazing, and he was so lovely to me and so complimentary, and let me take the reins on some things. And and it was it was amazing. Kids, have you learned your lesson here? Do you understand What's what it le- takes? What is the lesson? It's tenacity. Yeah. It's it's uh, grow that thick skin. It's understanding that uh, somebody's opinion at one point doesn't mean yes. anything about where you go. Right. It's about uh, even if you suck at an early age, you get better later. <laughs> that is true, too. Yeah, not, yeah, I'm not. I don't mean you. Sure you do. Oh, no, yes, I don't it's mean okay. you. Um, yeah. That's amazing. It was a really good experience. Excellent. Yeah. And things are still going well. They're going great. <laughs> They are. they are. They're good. I'm at a very confusing time in my life because, you know, you want to be a mom. You just want to be a stay-at-home mom, but then you don't want to give up the work, and so it's very confusing. When do you feel like you have to decide that? I mean— Every day. Seriously? Literally. But yeah. You're, but you're balancing. You're doing I'm all balancing, right. but it's hard. I you're really— You're not going to an office every day. You have, right. You have gaps, right? Yes, there I are mean, big it, gaps it, where it, i got to be home. Right? Yes, yes. And I have to say I'm so grateful for those times that I don't work. Yeah. Because, which, you know, used to be the opposite. But now when I don't work, I just am so happy to be home with my kid. Just remember, they grow up so fast. They do, don't they, Larry? Enjoy every moment. I wasn't funny here at all. What? Very serious. What? Is that okay? I don't know. It It is okay. No, I don't need your, I don't need you to tell me it's okay. See what I I did there? I give it a C. (laughs) Okay. No, what you should be asking is, was I better than Bob? No, because I know that I am. Exactly. There's that confidence. Yep. Love you. Love you too, Larry. Get a monkey. Get a monkey!